It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast. Bill Rossetti of Panthers Wire hitting you guys back up on Draftmas Eve, as it were. It is Wednesday, April 25th. It is the day before the start of the NFL Draft. We finally just about made it, my friends. It was a long process, but we're finally here. Just one more day of rumors and speculation and whatnot before we finally get the thing going tomorrow night. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit here about the press conference Marty Herney had and some of the some of the notes on what he had to say. Maybe you know may may not give too much about what the Panthers are going to do over the next couple of days, but at least there are a couple highlights. Uh, for one thing, uh, one of his big quotes was he said. You let the board come to you. I mean, that's kind of a generic generic quote with any draft. You know, even, even if you're playing like fantasy football, that's kind of one of the, the classic quotes he always uses. You let the board come to you. But it, it sounds like the Panthers are going to have a group of players that they're going to have – that they think could be available at 24 – um, they could trade up, but it doesn't sound like they're going to trade too far up because Marty Herney did also say that they are not going to trade next year's first-round pick. So that tells you right there, if they're going to trade up, they're only going to trade up maybe a few spots. Probably the highest I could see them trading up to is maybe the Seahawks at 18 because the Seahawks are a team that I'd feel – are going to want to look to trade down. I, I don't know if they will. You know, I haven't, you know, it's not like I'm connected to Seattle or anything, but my gut tells me they're at least going to explore and want to trade down because, as we talked about before, they don't have a pick in day two. They don't have a second round pick or a third round pick, I believe. Looking up the, the draft chart right now. They pick at 18, and then they don't pick again until pick number 120 in round four. So that's over 100 picks right now uh, between the Seahawks selection. So I think Seattle at 18 is definitely a, uh, a trade-up possibility. Uh, I, don't think, I don't think Dallas is going to trade down. Maybe Detroit, but I think they, I could see them sticking at 20. Maybe Cincinnati at 21. But th- those those are probably, I would say those are probably the top options. Maybe Baltimore at 16. Uh, but I would say the most likely spot if the Panthers are going to trade up is with the Seahawks at 18. Of course, the Panthers have. Uh, an extra pick in the third round to kind of use as ammunition if they want to trade up. But I think likely they are going to – I think it's more likely they stay at 24 
and the next option would probably be to trade down. As far as who they could take, you know, it, it's interesting that Marty Herney talked about, he said, we would love to keep adding parts to the secondary as well as other positions. It's going to depend on how the draft falls. We're not going to reach for somebody because he's a safety. That's interesting because, you know, and look, you guys know that I've said for weeks now that I think Justin Reed could be the pick of 24. But I'm also not writing off any other possibility. You know, there, there's obviously a lot of ways this can go. One, one of those ways is Jesse Bates in round two. I think a scenario can definitely pop up where, you know, and, and I still, I still think it's entirely possible they go secondary with both of their first first two picks. I, I could see them going corner, maybe a guy like Josh Jackson, maybe a guy like Isaiah Oliver, Jair Alexander. There's a couple ways they can go that maybe they can take a corner in round one, and then maybe a guy like Jesse Bates in round two because Justin Reed's not going to be there. There's a, I think it's a pretty good chance that if Reed is there at 28 for the Pittsburgh Steelers, I think he's gone. So if the Panthers want Reed, I think they're going to have to take him at 24. If not, it, I think they would be pretty comfortable with Jesse Bates. I think Bates is a, uh, you know, he he's maybe not as fast as. Justin Reed, but he, he could you could tell he's definitely very smart. He knows where he needs to be. He's he, he's just kind of a, a true safety, and he's you know he, he did an excellent job for for Wake Forest. So I, I think they would be very comfortable with a guy like Bates in round two if the if that situation will present itself. Um, he also talked about pass rush and adding players. You know, he also said another quote, I do think there are skill positions. If we can help the secondary, if we can help the pass rush, if we can add skill players on the offensive side of the ball to help us, that's something we would love to do while still keeping the offensive and defensive line strong, because that's really the key. Obviously, Offensive line has a major hole in it after losing Andrew Norwell. Now they do, they do want to try to try guys like maybe Tyler Larson or Taylor Moten at left guard, but I think the possibility is definitely there that if one of the top interior linemen is available, whether it's James Daniels of Iowa, Billy Price of Ohio State, Will Hernandez of UTEP. Even Frank Ragnow. There's, there's been a lot of buzz lately on Frank Ragnow going in the first round. Um, I think even I saw a tweet. I think Josh Norris was talking on the radio, and I believe that I believe there was a quote from him saying, "If Ragnow is there, he'll be the pick." Uh, so, but not just Carolina, but Cincinnati at 21. There's also that's also a spot that's been gaining a lot of steam in terms of. Uh, Frank Ragnow being the pick in round one. So I think all those players are are definitely on the board. Uh, maybe 
you know, another scenario could be they take a defensive back in round one and maybe an Austin Corbett if he's available in round two. You know, there's, there's a lot of ways they can go about it. Or maybe they maybe they target Braden Smith in round three out of Auburn. I mean, there, there's a lot of ways they can go about it. You know, you, I mean, you would have to imagine they're in play for some of the top guards. Uh, definitely in round one, but I think those are a couple others, again, Corbett and Braden Smith, that I think on day two, if they don't take an interior lineman on day one, that those are probably the guys you're targeting on day two. Uh, Edge is definitely another possibility as well. Um, look, we know how the Panthers like to... We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Add a lot to their rotation. I think they they like having a, a group of bodies there at the defensive end position. We know Julius Peppers won't be around forever. Uh, certainly wouldn't be surprising if this is his final season. Uh, Mario Addison has, pl- has played well, but you know he's not exactly getting any younger himself. Uh, I do think they like the potential development of guys like Brian Cox, who played pretty well last year. Uh, Wes Horton stepped up last year. Uh, and you also have to factor in Deshaun Hall, the third-round pick last year. What's what's his status going to be after he missed all of his rookie season? You know, so – but in, ter- in terms of the edge position uh, – and, and if you recall, when John Ledger was on the pod, we talked about a couple guys that would, would be an option round one. You're probably looking at, if, if you're going round one, you're probably only looking at um, maybe Marcus Davenport if he's available. Uh, I don't know if Harold Landry is going to be there, but if he is there, I think you, you definitely have to consider him. And, and we talked about, we did talk about Josh Sweat, but the... Knee injury seems like a real concern, at least too much of a concern to take him in round one. I think Sweat's going to fall to day two uh, just because of the injury. But when he gets healthy, Sweat is going to be, I think, a fantastic edge rusher. And he could end up being uh, a good value for somebody uh, on day, uh, probably day two. If you're going even... Later in the draft, if you're looking at some edge players, uh, I think Duke Edgefor of Wake Forest is a bit of a sleeper. Uh, I'm a fan of Kamoko Ture of Rutgers. 
Um, and, and going back, we even talked about Sam Hubbard a little bit in round one. But is will he be there? You know, you there's definitely the potential that New England sitting right in front of Carolina at 23. New England's been linked a little bit to to Sam Hubbard as well. But again, I, I, I think it still puts Carolina in a good spot because I think there's definitely a lot of a lot of players in at the 24 spot that I don't think that you know if they don't want to go edge they can. I don't think they can panic. But again, there's definitely some guys later in the draft that uh, you know if they want to go edge, even uh, a day three prospect that's had also had some injury concerns, but uh, I, th- I think could develop pretty well and it you know is is worth is worth a shot later in the draft and in the hopes that he gets healthy and that's uh kylie fitz of utah so there's a lot a lot of ways they can go about it and then we'll talk about the tight end position because i know there's been a little bit of rumblings there too uh espn actually did their nfl nation mock draft at least they aired it yesterday, in which all the beat writers for ESPN got together to do a mock draft. Well, 29 of the 32 beat writers, of course, because three teams do not have a first-round pick: the Houston Texans, the Kansas City Rams, and the Los. Or excuse me, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Kansas City Rams. My goodness, Kansas City Chiefs and the Los Angeles Rams. But all the other beat writers got together and. Uh, Carolina in this map in this draft actually took Hayden Hurst, the tight end out of South Carolina. I mean, I I, I, I don't hate Hurst, but I don't know if he's worth the first round pick. If I'm going to take a first round tight end, I'm going after one of the two pass catching tight ends, Dallas Goddard or Mike Kosicki. And I, th- I think at least one of them will be available. I only think, and again, as I talked about in my final mock, which I would already love to make changes to, but you know it is what it is. I'm going to stick to it. I only have the one tight end in the first round, and that's Dallas Goddard going to the Saints at 27. I mean, it's not really considered a high-end tight end class, and maybe, and maybe that's why Carolina would consider Hurst. In round one, being that it, it's not really that deep as you get later in the draft. Now, if we are talking later rounds, Durham Smythe of Notre Dame, I think, has some upside. He wasn't really utilized a lot at Notre Dame, but I think I, I think he could work well in the NFL as a as a day three prospect. Uh, Ian Thomas is a guy that's getting some love out of Indiana. Uh, I, I did. I had been mentioning, I had been liking uh, Jordan Aikens a little bit out of Central Florida. You know, he had a nice, uh, he had a nice showing at the Senior Bowl, and you know, pretty good pass catching tight end. But the problem is, Aikens is already 26 years old. <laughs> I mean. He just turned 26 just about a week ago. Obviously, that's going to that's going to kind of hurt his value because 
you're obviously not going to get much time out of him. Whereas all these prospects are, you know, 21, 22, 23 years old, or in the case of Tremaine Edmonds, just turning 20, or not even... Actually, Tremaine Edmonds won't even be 20 years old by the time the draft is over. He doesn't turn 20 until May 2nd. But Jordan Aikens just turned 26. But, I mean, he's probably going to go maybe 7th round, or maybe he ends up being a priority free agent. But, I mean, for a couple years, it, whoever, some teams are going to take Aikens and you know plug him in there for a couple years, and then down the line you probably just move on anyway. Um, Chris Herndon is another guy that's probably going to go late that, and actually real quick, let me go, let me go back to Hearst because I just noticed this too. If we're talking about age, Hayden Hearst is going to, is already going to turn 25 in August. Whereas uh, Dallas Goddard and Mike Kosicki are only 23. In fact, Mike Kosicki is still only 22. He, he doesn't turn 23 until October. But Hayden Hurst is already 25. So, again, you know, factor that however you will. But, especially when, when you're considering that Hayden Hurst is seemingly a first-round target, or at least possibly under consideration... Uh, with the first round pick by the Panthers, so and he and he was only a, a third year junior, so you know I'll let you guys kind of take that for what it's worth. You know, let you decide on that what you will. But in terms of like some other tight ends later in the draft, uh, Chris Herndon probably going to go later in the draft. Suffered an MCL injury that cost him. Uh, cost him his team's regular season finale and kept him out of the Orange Bowl and also kept him out of the Senior Bowl. He did get a Senior Bowl invite, but the MCL injury forced him to miss that. But he was still one of the top weapons from Miami, uh, and and he he's pretty young. I mean, he's only 22, almost 6'4", 253. So I think he's... He's going to be a guy that could be targeted by some teams later in the draft. Tyler Conklin of Central Michigan is another intriguing intriguing prospect. I mean, you know, the, the this class might not be loaded, but there, there's some names here that, um, again, are probably going to go late that I think has given some people some intrigue. Uh, Will Disley of Washington is one. Um, Ryan Izzo of Florida State. Obviously, Mark Andrews is probably among the toward the top of that list. And even if you go even deeper, um, Cam Serigne of I think I'm saying that right out of uh, Wake Forest. It you know he was one of Wake Forest. I think he was the leading, or at least one of the receiving leaders um, for Wake Forest, or Serenier, boy, I completely botched that, but Cam Serenier of Wake Forest, who I believe 
as I'm looking it up right now, he was one of the at least he, he was he led the team in yards per catch with 14.2. I believe had four touchdown pass or four touchdown receptions. Or no, I'm sorry, he had eight. I don't know why I was thinking four. He had eight touchdown caps catches uh, last season for Wake Forest. So if you if you want to go like really deep into the draft in the tight end position, I think that's probably another name to watch out for. But again, in terms of and it, you know, let's kind of get back to you know I was talking about Marty Herney, but we kind of get got off on a bit of a tangent there in terms of offensive line. Uh, one one other interesting quote here is that Marty Herney says the Panthers still take guys off their boards for off-field issues. Um, and I read read that on another blog too. They mentioned one player in particular that you know when when you think about that definitely definitely is a good point, and that's and, and he could have been considered a, a target for the Panthers. Before this, Mike Hughes out of Central Florida. Remember, he had an altercation when he was at North Carolina that actually got him kicked off the team. And he ended up going to a community college for a year before getting his football career back on track at UCF. And remember, this was his, this past season was his only year he, at UCF. He only played three seasons. And he played one season at North Carolina, then got kicked out, and then, again, kind of remolded himself at Community College, I believe, in Kansas before getting back on his feet, really getting back on his feet and showing what kind of football player he can be at Central Florida. But again, that, that quote saying, uh, taking players off the board for off-field issues. How do, how does that affect a guy like Mike Hughes, who again could have been a possible consideration in the first round? He he could he still could go round one, you know, at the, at the back end of round one. Maybe a team like, like New England takes a shot on him at 31. But that that's just something I found really interesting. In that sense. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
I mean, there's a lot of there's there's a lot of possibilities. Obviously, you know, I've there, there's really no way of knowing. And, and you could say that about the whole draft, which is really making this draft very interesting. To to be quite honest, is that everybody seems so tight-lipped right now. Nobody knows what's going to happen. Like. There have been a lot of drafts recently where we've no, we've basically known the number one pick a day, maybe even a couple days before the draft. We still are not sure who the Browns are going to take at number one. I mean, I, I still firmly believe it's going to be Sam Darnold. But there is a crowd out there that thinks it could be Josh Allen. And now all of a sudden here comes... Here comes rumors that Baker Mayfield is in play for the number one pick. I mean, nobody knows what's going to happen. And as fans, I think it's fun. I think it makes it more interesting that we don't know who the first pick is going to be. Especially for mock... It makes mock drafts tougher because, you know, you have to consider so many possibilities and obviously... You have such a domino effect. But as fans, it really keeps the intrigue level high. And it's one of the reasons why the NFL draft is such a... You could call it a ratings goldmine because everyone wants to watch it. Now, what's interesting is that so many channels this year are going to show the draft. This, you know, Now that Fox is in the fray, Fox is going to televise the draft. And ABC is actually going to simulcast... ESPN's coverage on Saturday. So you're going to see, because I, I believe, I think Fox is airing the first two rounds, because I read somewhere that all seven rounds will be on broadcast television for the first time. So I believe that means Fox is airing the first two rounds. You know, they're, they're definitely showing the first round, along with the... Uh, I think they're kind of in tandem with NFL Network. And then, of course, you have the ESPN broadcast. But the fact that no one really knows what's going to happen makes things like so much so interesting. And you could even go down to the Panthers because, again, there's, I think, a lot of players, and we've run through a bunch of them, that could be in consideration for the 24th pick. If they tr- if they trade up, it could be for a guy like Calvin Ridley. Um, maybe maybe an offensive lineman, but I don't see that. I I, I just can't see them trading up. I, I think there's a lot of players that should be available to them at 24 that I think it's more likely that they stay at 24 then they trade up and I think it's more likely that they would trade back than they would trade up but luckily all will be answered by tomorrow night all the speculation all the rumors will be put to rest and we'll finally know what will actually happen and of course we'll be here throughout to recap what went on uh, I, I will say apologies, too, that weren't able to get all the, the draft previews out. 
you know, I wanted to try to get a bunch of people for all the divisions, but, you know, certainly, and it was, you know, certainly my fault for waiting as long as I did. You know, it's certainly not easy to try to cram so many interviews. Um, so I didn't get a chance to get to the NFC East, the AFC West, and the NFC South. But, you know, I can give some quick thoughts, too, on at least what will happen tomorrow in those divisions. Obviously, in the NFC East, the Giants, hold, the Giants in my opinion, hold the keys to the draft. Um, between Josh Rose and Saquon Barkley, I think whoever they don't pick is in for a little bit of a slide. Barkley, I don't think, would slide too as far as Josh Rosen. I think there's a chance that if Rosen doesn't get picked by the Giants, he could fall possibly all the way down to 11 and would fall right into the lap of the Miami Dolphins, which I think the Dolphins would have to be happy with because it would get, then give them uh, a future option after Ryan Tannehill. Uh, Washington. Vita Vea seems to be the guy that's really been pegged there at 13, and they need somebody to clog up uh, the middle of that defensive line. There was rumblings that Darius Geis could be the pick, but I don't, I don't think it's going to be him now. Uh, I mean, that, that could be his ceiling, but I, I think I think Vea is probably more likely. And if one of the safeties slips to Washington, I think you could see them pounce on, on them, whether it's, you know, if, say, Derwin James happens to be, be available. I think that's a possibility. Dallas, we know they're definitely in the market now for a receiver after releasing Des Bryant. They did sign Alan Hearns, but... I think they could definitely go after somebody opposite him. Maybe a DJ Moore, maybe a Calvin Ridley. Uh, defensive line is definitely an option as well. Uh, and then the Eagles sitting at 32. They definitely want to trade back, but if they do sit at 32 and Darius Geis happens to be there, I think Philadelphia will sprint to the podium. They'll, they'll, they might make world record time to get that, that card in because we know how much they've been whining and dining Darius Geis, uh, but but I also think it's possible that they could trade down and maybe still go after Geis or even Sony Michelle or even Ronald Jones, but I think most likely their first pick could very well be a running back. Uh, if we turn to the NFC South, obviously I've talked about the Panthers for so much, so New Orleans I discussed a little bit. I think they can go... Uh, I think they could go tight end with the first pick. There was an interesting report that just came out that apparently Sean Payton had said, had the Chiefs not taken, had the Chiefs not traded up to take Pat Mahomes last year, the Saints would have taken him at 11. That's really, that's pretty interesting. You know, how true it is, we'll never know. But we know the Saints are probably going to be eyeing quarterback in the, in the future again, as we've as, as seemingly seemingly been the key for a couple of years now with Drew Brees, probably on his final contract now with the Saints. Uh, Tampa Bay, I think Tampa is Saquon Barkley's floor if he gets past the Giants at two. I think he's there at seven. Tampa Bay scoops him up. Uh, Quint Nelson is definitely also a possibility. Derwin James is a possibility because they need safety help. Um, 
but they're, they're going to be an interesting team to watch, I think, depending on how the board shapes up for them. And then Atlanta, I've been pegging Taven Bryan there because it seems like that's kind of been, again, kind of connecting the dots there. But you have to think defensive line is one of the favorites in terms of which way they're going to go with that first pick. they got to fill that spot left by Dontari Poe. Needs somebody opposite Brady Jarrett. And then the AFC West, Denver, they could sit at five, maybe take Quentin Nelson. I don't think they're going to take a quarterback high now. I think they're going to ride the wave with Case Keenum for a little bit. And I think John Lynch, or I'm sorry, not John Lynch, John Elway, still wants to hang on to Paxton Lynch just a little bit longer. So I think they're going to ride the wave. Uh, If they stay at five, Quentin Nelson is definitely a possibility they could look to trade back, and like I did in my final mock, I have them trading with Buffalo so that they can get Josh Allen. Broncos trade back. I think if they do, they could look for possibly edge or corner help, and maybe someone like Will Hernandez at 22. And there's there's your improvement on offensive line anyway, as well as an extra first-round pick. Kansas City, of course, they don't have a first-round pick. Uh, they they more or less did their draft through free agency, getting Sammy Watkins, getting uh, Anthony Hitchens. So I, they're they're just trying to surround uh, Pat Mahomes as best they can to succeed in the first round. So it'll be interesting what they do. You know, they they do have a second round pick though. They're the only team of the three that don't have a first round pick that will at least get to pick in the second round. Houston and L.A. both don't pick until the third round, but Kansas City does have a second-round pick. Uh, the, the Oakland Raiders, a lot of ways they can go with the first pick. Uh, offensive tackle is a possibility. You know, Donald Penn is 30, 35 years old. I find it really funny, though, that Colton Miller has kind of been rumored there, or some people are connecting Miller there at 10, I would not spend the 10th overall pick on Colton Miller, especially if Mike McGlinchey is still on the board. And if they do that, I will find that pretty funny. But offensive tackle nonetheless is a need. Secondary is a need. You know, I had them going Denzel Ward. Uh, They could definitely go safety. Uh, Maybe linebacker. You know, a lot, a lot of ways, and obviously this is John Gruden's first draft back in in a few years and first time in quite a while that he's with Oakland. So, you know, cert- certainly be interesting to watch how how he kind of molds this into the old school style. Who's going to be his Gruden grinder in this draft? And then the L.A. Chargers. There's been buzz that they're interested in Lamar Jackson. Uh, they could. I think it's possible they could use offensive line help as well. They're kind of remolding that old line. They're getting Dan Feeney back. They're getting Forrest Lamp back. Uh, they signed Mike Pouncey. You know, again, I think they're another team that could go make one last run. Um, they could go D-line help. They can get somebody to take some pressure off of Joey Bosa. You know, they... Uh, I think they have, haven't necessarily been happy with the progress of progress of um, 
Corey Legit after he signed that big contract. You know, so maybe you maybe go after an interior guy to kind of help out Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram. But you know, def, definitely quarterback is is possible at some at some point in the draft because again they'll 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 be another team that has to kind of start looking ahead. You know, Philip Rivers doesn't have much longer, but I think they're going to try to make and, and that's why I kind of pegged them going offensive line because they're trying to make one last run with Philip Rivers. So. I've rumbled, rambled on long enough, and, you know, as always, appreciate you guys sticking with me here. But that's it. This is kind of the it's, – it's almost the end of the draft preparation. Tomorrow's the real thing. Tomorrow's round one. And, of course, again, we'll be here throughout to recap what went on with the Panthers and with the rest of the league. So hope you guys stick around for that. Again, I really appreciate you guys listening. Maybe you can find us on iTunes, on Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, wherever you listen to your to your podcasts. And until next time, this is Bill Rossetti saying thanks for listening to the Locked On Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it is your team every day. But for this particular day, I am out, and we'll see you next time right here on LOP. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.